Support for Kansas City Today comes from Grandma's Office Catering. One bank teller instead of the usual five. Slow, fast food lines. Simply not enough staff. Grandma's Office Catering avoided the mass exodus with respect, appreciation, better wages, and now health insurance. That's how Grandma continues to wow. Grandma'sCatering.com. This is Kansas City Today. I'm Nomi Nujia Dean. Today is Friday, March 4th. Coming up, how a Navy SEAL from Topeka became one of the world's best winter Paralympians. One of the things after my injury that was important for me was doing something new so that I didn't have a barometer of my past former self to compare. And some Missourians are suing over the state's long wait to sign up for food stamps and other social services. But first, some headlines. The Kansas City police detective convicted for the fatal shooting of Cameron Lamb in December 2019 is set to be sentenced today. Jackson County prosecutors have recommended that Eric DeValconeer be sentenced to nine years in prison on his conviction for armed criminal action. The conviction carries a minimum sentence of three years. DeValconeer, who's white, shot Lamb, a 26-year-old black man, as Lamb was backing a pickup truck into his basement garage. DeValconeer claimed he saw Lamb reaching for a gun. Kansas lawmakers rallied on the steps of the State House yesterday in support of Ukraine. Jim McLean of the Kansas News Service reports some students from Ukraine studying at the University of Kansas were there. 19-year-old Mikola Hordacek is in his third year at KU studying business, but these days he can't keep his mind off his family back home, who, the last time he spoke to them, said they were under heavy bombardment. They're terrified, Hordacek said, but determined to do what they can to repel the Russian invaders. My parents are collecting bottles for Molotov cocktails, and my grandparents are making bread at night to feed soldiers in the morning. Kansas lawmakers say regardless of party, they're united in their condemnation of the Russian invasion. More than two dozen stood at attention, hands over hearts, as the rally concluded with the playing of the Ukrainian national anthem. For the Kansas News Service, I'm Jim McLean. Now that Douglas County has dropped its mask mandate, the University of Kansas is changing its mask policy. KCUR's Beck Shackleford-Wangonga reports other local colleges have done away with masking altogether. Effective 5 p.m. tonight, KU will no longer require masks in non-classroom settings. This means people are still required to mask in classrooms, but not in places like libraries, hallways, or notably in athletic facilities. This includes the Allen Fieldhouse, where KU will host its two final men's basketball home games this week. The announcement follows Kansas State University's decision to drop its mask policy entirely and Emporia State University's decision to make mask wearing optional except in health and child care facilities. Masks have been optional at the University of Missouri since last year. When you think of cross-country skiing, Topeka may not immediately come to mind. Even though it's flat, it doesn't have quite enough snow. But it has given the world one of the best athletes in Paralympic cross-country skiing. Greg Ecklin brings us this story. At the 2018 Winter Paralympics in Korea, Topeka native Dan Kanasen skied 7.7 miles over a snow-covered course it was a middle distance sitting biathlon, which combines skiing and shooting. Sitting because Kanasen is without legs. At certain points of the course, he stopped, plopped his body core on the shooting platform, and aimed while on his elbows at a target about 32 feet away. The target was the size of a blueberry. And Kanasen is perfect. The former Navy SEAL got a silver medal in that event, 
one of six medals he earned, including a gold in the sitting biathlon over a shorter distance. Growing up on the farm, he shot BB guns a lot, <laughs> and he became uh, pretty good. That's Alice Landers, Dan Knossen's mom, who still lives on the family farm outside Topeka. Landers says Dan grew up playing baseball and soccer. Then knowing he was bound for the Naval Academy, Knossen took up track at Shawnee Heights High School. My calling as an athlete was not as a ball sport athlete. It's more of as an endurance athlete. It's Knossen's endurance that impressed his comrades during his training as a Navy SEAL. Among them is former SEAL Adam LaRue. Whatever he puts his mind to, I've never met a more mentally tough person in my life than Dan Knossen. But Knossen's life changed when he stepped on a roadside bomb in Afghanistan 13 years ago. He got hit by a 30-pound bomb. They call it an IED. It's anything but improvised explosive. It is a sophisticated device that literally is expected to blow you up. He should have died. That's Kirk Bauer, who lost a leg in Vietnam as the result of a hand grenade, and later he became a downhill skier. Bauer is retired as the executive director of Move United, previously known as Disabled Sports USA, Bauer says Move United is an organization that provides opportunities for amputees like Knossen. He had a crisis, you know, when you lost both legs, you don't know if you're ever going to walk again, you don't know if you're ever going to do sports again, you know, if we get a job again, you, you know, all those things are running around in your head. Once discharged from Walter Reed Hospital in Washington, D.C., where Knossen endured more than 35 surgeries over a two-year period, Knossen looked for a sport that suited him and preferably different from what he played in high school. One of the things after my injury that was important for me was doing something new so that I didn't have a barometer of my past former self to compare. Knossen, now 41, is in the final stages of training for the Winter Paralympics in China, which begin on March 4th. Since it doesn't snow often enough in Kansas, or even in Massachusetts, where he now lives, Knossen went to West Yellowstone, Montana to train. While Knossen aimed at his targets, Bob Hayes, a West Yellowstone resident, looked through a scope for a close-up view. That was a really good group, but you've gone, you're now right about a click. About a click. Dan Knossen can measure some of his life's most crucial moments in clicks. He can't change what happened in Afghanistan, but in an adaptive role, he has plenty to offer. His Navy SEAL friend, Adam LaRue, would welcome Knossen to do more work for his company called O2X. LaRue has already seen Knossen in his company's seminars for first responders. When he gets in front of him and talks about goal setting, mental performance, resilience, bouncing back from challenges, and also like focus and attention control, I mean, he is... He, Dan is disciplined and dedicated. But for now, he's focused on the Winter Paralympics, then a likely spring trip to see Mom in Kansas. Even though he's not in Kansas anymore, it's the place he credits with giving him the grit to overcome the challenges he never expected. For KCUR 89.3, I'm Greg Eklund. The Missouri Department of Social Services has drawn scrutiny over the years for long waits on its many phone lines for services like Medicaid and food assistance. Now the department is facing a lawsuit, which alleges those delays are keeping eligible people from getting help. Sebastian Martinez Valdivia reports from KBIA in Colombia. Mary Holmes lives in an affordable housing complex in the same North St. Louis neighborhood where she spent most of her life. 
Behind a big metal gate, her apartment is just a few feet away from her mother's unit. Holmes is 55 and disabled. She has debilitating cancer and chronic obstructive pulmonary disease, COPD. So she's unable to work, and she relies on social services, including Medicaid and SNAP, food stamps. I had to keep food in my house, keep me eating, you know. Holmes has been trying to get SNAP benefits for more than a month. She was cut off after DSS sent recertification paperwork to an old address. But she's been unable to make it past one crucial step. To get SNAP, applicants must complete an interview, which DSS recommends doing by phone. That's been a brick wall for Holmes. Um, you can't get through to them. Holmes filled out a physical application at a social services office, where they told her she'd get a call for the interview. Someone called me in two days when I got on the phone. It was the last person at first when I got on the phone, then they cut the recording on. I had to fill out the application all over again. Wait for a live representative, and it was 692 people in front of me. She tried seven more times over the following week before running out of prepaid phone minutes. Holmes brought up her struggles when she went to apply for rental assistance, and now she's the lead plaintiff in a lawsuit against DSS. It alleges acting department director Robert Nodell is wrongfully denying Holmes and others like her social services for which they qualify. It has just reached a point where it is untenable. Catherine Hawley is a staff attorney with Legal Services of Eastern Missouri, which is representing the plaintiffs. She says DSS has a history of dysfunction with their phone lines, but more and more Missourians are ending up in Mary Holmes' situation. We were looking at some statistics that DSS has shared, and 50% of the people who uh, have their SNAP applications rejected are rejected because they can't complete an interview. A DSS statement provided to KBIA says the department doesn't comment on pending litigation. Nevertheless, the same statement highlights staffing difficulties the department is experiencing. It says applicants for DSS job postings declined more than 70 percent between March of 2020 and October of 2021. The statement says DSS hopes the recently approved increased pay plan for state employees will help with hiring and retention. Legal services lawyer Catherine Hawley says regardless of its resources, DSS has a responsibility to provide services to those eligible. That's something courts have borne out as well in response to suits like this one. Legal services clients were at the heart of a suit last summer that ended in a unanimous Supreme Court decision that said the state had to implement voter-approved Medicaid expansion. At the time, the governor's office argued DSS didn't have the money to implement the change as the legislature refused to appropriate funds specifically for expansion. The court decided that didn't matter. They have certain obligations under federal law, and they're not meeting those obligations. And so... I am sympathetic with my clients and with low-income Missourians who need these benefits and who are going hungry without them. For her part, Mary Holmes hopes the suit resolves quickly. Her representatives have asked the judge for immediate relief. She says becoming part of the suit wasn't a hard decision. No, it was nothing I had to think about. I had already thought about that whatever it takes, I was going to do it, you know, because it's all going to happen to nobody else. A hearing in the case is set for Monday, March 7th. I'm Sebastian Martinez Valdivia, KBI News, Columbia. This is Kansas City Today. I'm Nomi Nujia Dean. 
This podcast is produced by Byron Love and Trevor Grandin and edited by Lisa Rodriguez and Gabe Rosenberg. To read Greg's story about Dan Knossin or Sebastian's story about social services in Missouri, visit kcur.org, where you can find more local news stories from Kansas City's NPR station. On Monday, we'll take a deep dive into why exactly it takes so long to sign up for Medicaid in Missouri. Thanks for listening, and I'll see you next week.